friends, my name is Mike. Thank you for joining me today on Up North Rocks, Northern Ontario's only climbing podcast. Listen to me, Annie. I don't care how experienced you are. A smart climber always wears a belt and suspenders. Dad. Two cams are safe, three's even better. Dad. Not kidding, Annie. Nobody's going anywhere until you put another cam in the wall. Dad, I have three cams. He's just yanking your chain. Watch out! This route is sandbagged. There's no way this is 5'5". Five five. This is like 5'8". D. On today's episode, I sit down in Orient Bay with another Northern Ontario legend, Steve Charlton. Steve has been climbing in the region since he attended Lakehead University in the mid-90s, and he continues to be a fixture of the scene to this day. Even though Steve moved down south 20 years ago, he has continued to make trips to the Thunder Bay area to climb, and especially to Orient Bay, where he's put up some ultra-classic lines. In fact, since we recorded this episode in his truck in the shadow of Mount Olympus on a warm night in August, Steve has already made another trip back up here, taking a long weekend in September to return to Orient Bay, as well as making his first visit to the Outbreak Wall. As you'll hear in the interview, Steve is not only a legendary first ascensionist in the region, but he's also just an all-around nice guy, who is truly just stoked to be out here doing his thing and supporting others in their climbing dreams. After his trip this summer, and also his trip last summer, Steve donated multiple hundreds of dollars worth of bolts and anchors to be used by climbers developing in the area. It just doesn't get better than that. Steve also mentions his climbing partners from this summer's trip, Dustin and Peter. I've included Instagram tags for both of them in the show notes. You should really check them out. These guys put in some incredible climbing in Orient Bay this summer, including Dustin's super honorable first free ascent of the third pitch of Passage to Valhalla, a route that has stood unfinished for over 20 years. So with that, sit back, relax, start your hangboard session, and listen to the stories of another Northern Ontario legend, Steve Charlton. Well, thanks so much for sitting down here, Steve. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, you're so welcome. I mean, uh, it's always cool to sit down with uh, a local legend, or a (laughs) non-local legend, I guess, now. Yeah, legendary. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Do you want want to describe where we are? Yeah, we're in Orient Bay. We're staying at uh, Reflection Lake Cabin. It's it's a beautiful spot, and um, we've been coming here for a couple years now, always booking the cabin here in Orient Bay and uh, climbing the walls, and enjoying ourselves awesome yeah it's a beautiful spot and like really nice to be able to you know go on crazy big wall adventures and then come back and have a bed to sleep in yeah completely yeah that's like lakeside cabin and uh, you couldn't be beat like there's a beach right there to swim from and you can see the wall from here right like realistically you can just walk down the road totally and climb you know endless new walls like every day absolutely beautiful spot we even seen bald eagles and stuff like nice regularly awesome yeah really nice um, and you we always have a long history with the climbing in Orient Bay. Yeah, for a long time now, I guess um, rock climbing in Orient Bay wasn't really a thing. It was a it's a nice climbing destination. It's it's still a nice climbing destination. The ice climbing here is world class. Um, and the only person who really looked at the ice uh, the rock climbing at all had been Sean Prant. 
but they hadn't explored it in great detail because they had so many other areas to work on and mm -hmm. close to, to town and whatever time and life only allows so much time to explore the rock and never got to it. So when we started, he heard we were developing climbs in the area. He told us that we should uh, go check out Orange Bay and put up climbs out there. And um, ever since then, uh, every year I tried to come back and put awesome. up more climbs to Dorian Bay. Um, I haven't found a nicer place to put up new climbs in Ontario and all the places that I've visited and especially place that has um, potential for new climbs That's that so awesome. are all over the place. And so, so yeah, let's, how, when did you first start climbing in Orient Bay? When did you come to Thunder Bay? Yeah, uh, so I came to uh, Thunder Bay in the early 90s to go to school at Lakehead. And, you know, during that time, I met some people that were climbing ice here, and I'd never really climbed the rock here. And we went one day, I'm trying to think where we went. We went to Squaw Bay to go ice climbing, uh, myself and JC DeBooth. And I looked up at the cliff, and I said, oh, what's that climb up there? He said, what, which one, where? I said, that, that crack right there. He says, oh, no, no one ever goes up there. <laughs> I was like, seriously? He said, no, I don't I don't think anyone's ever been up there to climb. Any, there's no rock climbs any in this mm -hmm. section of the rock. There's some rock climbs from, down farther from mm -hmm. Winshaw Front and the people that he knew mm -hmm. established an area down there, like Alpine Outing area, right? Right. But on that, he said, no, no one climbs up there. So that's for the first buttress of Squaw Bay. Mm -hmm. And then later in the spring, there I was. I was back there. Cool. scrubbing the lichen and, and cool. putting up roots yeah awesome and that would have been like late 90s yeah that's probably like uh 95 96 maybe cool yeah and then i started to meet more people in town that also want to you know develop climbs and uh, we were looking for cliffs to do and we did some more routes out in mm -hmm. that area in thunder bay and um eventually you know sean told us to come out this way and yeah we've been working on these Climbs here ever since. And you were you a student at that time? Yeah, yeah, I was okay. a student here, and then I left town when I uh, left university. So I lived in Southern Ontario, and you know, tried to come back every year, and uh, was pretty regular throughout all those that time span from then till now. And uh, lately, I've been more dedicated, I guess, with my time to to come here and make special time every year to awesome. to come here and climb somewhere that means something. Totally, yeah, it's a special place. Yeah, for sure. Super special place. Had you ever climbed elsewhere before coming to Thunder Bay, or were your first climbing experiences in Thunder Bay? No, no, I'd, I'd climbed a, a little bit, um, you know, Southern Ontario, uh, West Virginia, and Quebec a little bit, in uh, cool. the Adirondacks a little bit. So, yeah, I was just starting to climb, maybe. Um, I'd been climbing for maybe five years, so, yeah, I was at the right point to kind of learn more and see what else. Perfect. And did you have mentors in your early climbing life or? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, when I was learning to climb, uh, the Ontario Walk Climbing Association was a thing and uh, people aren't really aware of what it was. Mm -hmm, or, never heard of it. Right. So it was for certifying instructors. And so people that I knew through Ontario Walk Climbing Association, like uh, Karen McGilvery and uh, Richard Messiah and some other people that I knew, like kind of taught me the proper way to climb and, mm -hmm. and told me that I should get proper instruction and go mm -hmm. the extra mile if you're really interested in those kind of things. So yeah, that have, had a big impact for me. And I worked uh, with Karen a little bit at the gym that she owned uh, back in the day at Toronto Climbing Academy. Okay, cool. Yeah. So And so, so you brought some skill with you to Thunder Bay and then did things kind of really take off upon moving up here? Or? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I guess they, they did really because we'd started to, I met up with uh, climbers like Randy Reed and mm -hmm. Jody Burns, uh, uh, Ryan Trenier and mm -hmm. Matt Pellet and the other uh, people were here coming to, going to school or living in town. And yeah, we would start to work as a team more to develop the roots and take turns trying to free them and, you know, scrubbing like in and all those things that it takes to, to put up roots. Uh, Lots of work. You know in a team effort right mm -hmm. so yeah it um with dedicated people working as a team you can achieve good things and oh, yeah sure. we were able to um we wanted to try to make Orient bay like a world-class rock climbing destination like it was a world-class ice climbing destination cool. and uh i don't know if it will will get there really because if it's remote location mm -hmm. i i think the rock is stellar and and world-class totally. um and i hope other people come and yeah. agree with me right absolutely i've wondered about that too like why is it that thunder bay stands out more as an ice climbing destination than a rock climbing destination i think that um ice climbing destinations in eastern north america are hard to find and the unique thing about orient bay is that um, you can drive down the road and see the conditions of every climb from the road totally make a choice for the day you know i want to climb in grade three or i want to climb in grade four and you can see the the majority mm -hmm. of them from the road, or at least you can tell what the conditions are going to be and mm -hmm. which ones are going to be fat. And then, yeah, it's pretty unique in that regard. Absolutely. Roadside crag ice climbing. I can't think of another place like it that, you know, it's it's like this, like maybe like Willoughby or somewhere, but, you know, that's not quite the same type of... Uh, mm -hmm. Where's that? That's in Vermont. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And so, yeah, have you done a lot of climbing... Like outside of Ontario, what's what's your uh, your resume like for climbs? Yeah, yeah, I guess I've climbed uh, a bunch throughout uh, North America, um, in the in the Rockies, Canmore area, mm -hmm. Squamish, uh, Red Rock, Zion, cool. um, other crags in the east like the Red and the New and uh, Dewell, Adirondacks, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So well, yeah. well traveled. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm primarily a rock climber. I would say we did a lot of ice when I lived in Thunder Bay, but mm -hmm. unless you live in reasonable proximity to good ice like you can't stay in practice and totally yeah it's just get, not, the, not get the mileage in yeah definitely all right well yeah let's let's zoom in on on orient bay so i mean for people that don't know orient bay has a pretty strong ground up ethic can you talk a bit about uh what it means to to go ground up on the walls in orient bay yeah i guess um when we were really starting out we were trying to uh, emulate or idolize the the heroes that we looked up to in climbing and they were like back in the day all going to cliffs and climbing ground mm -hmm. up for the most part you know they go to a cliff like poco moonshine and the adirondacks mm -hmm. they didn't go to the top and rappel down and <laughs> right? totally. you know what i mean totally. yeah they went to the bottom and climbed up Absolutely. right so that that was what we were shown as an example the example mm -hmm. so to speak the way that, to do it. yeah back then mm -hmm. um for the most part right and we tried to emulate that i guess cool yeah. What what kind of names would those be that you were looking up to at that time? Oh, everyone at that time was was climbing like that, right? It was mm -hmm. this, it was the way, it's like the way, were, yeah. yeah. People I looked up to for climbing would be like Peter Croft and of course. Alex Lowe and yeah. you know, I mean people that were yeah. you know Barry Blanchard and yeah. people that were really active while I was learning to climb. Mm -hmm. right? So yeah, very cool. And many of whom are still super active today. Oh, oh yeah, sweet. stay active. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys like like Peter. I mean, that's like you know, if I can be doing half as well as he is at his age, I'll be really happy. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, ground up climbing, of course, comes with 
maybe a, a greater amount of risk than than some people might be comfortable with like how do you how do you process that how do you uh yeah what do you think about the risk of ground up climbing i think that my uh my view on ground up climbing has changed over the years Mm -hmm. and um i wouldn't say that i would recommend it on most climbs anymore Mm -hmm. right like i've looked at the risk versus the reward and um we climb for fun we're climbing short cliffs in ontario like these aren't um world record ground breaking a sense you mm-hmm. know what i mean they're moderates in a remote location like totally um so the risk versus reward now i look at it different and i'm like well it looks good and solid like we went up the colossus to go and climb the third pitch ground up this was our goal for the day we have mm-hmm. three climbers we're all experienced and committed and mm-hmm. i've been looking at it for a long time i got a photo and i can see a line and mm-hmm. yeah it looks good and we get up there and we were like no that's not ground up no, didn't, didn't go. Yeah, I could have forced it through on aid, mm-hmm. but that wasn't the goal, right? Right. You know, I could have climbed up past the tree and gone across and put a bolt and then mm-hmm. put another bolt or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and so on across. Like, we would have had to, like, aid and bolt it right ground up. And we, we, could have, we could have climbed up there, right? But then we were looking and there's some loose rock there. And now that we hiked to the top today mm-hmm. and went from the top down because we wanted to clean it. Um, we didn't have the long enough crowbar to do what we need to do because the blocks were actually that extensive. Right. So if I wanted to go back again, I know now that I can go from the top down and that would make that climb more reasonable. And I did think it was going to go ground up. Mm-hmm. But now my, just... my, my view of that risk versus reward has really changed. And um, what are you getting more out of the ground up? I guess you're getting that, that pure experience that people got when they first got to Virgin Cliffs back in the day. Totally. You are totally. Absolutely. And it, it is, you know, it is the, the uh, purest type of ascent, mm-hmm. no doubt about it, and um, has special significance and should be regarded as such. Totally. Uh, but my personal risk tolerance has changed. That's fair. With, yeah. with changes in life or whatever. Yeah, and, you uh, have a family now. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if it's that. I think it's more that the, uh, the time to view the perspective what is the reward mm-hmm. and what is the risk totally right with more experience doing both yeah, right? yeah getting absolutely. yourself in risky positions and getting reward from doing risky things totally right? you know so yeah and now i have more experience to weigh which side is heavier of the scale yeah, yeah definitely have you had some some close calls out there oh yeah if you climb long enough you'll have close calls yeah totally. near misses uh it's generally what people Mm-hmm. and these are your greatest opportunities to learn for sure um what failed what went wrong and to talk about it with your friends how to prevent it again mm-hmm. right don't shy away from that and from telling people you almost died at the cliff because you went on the wrong side of the road totally you know what i mean yeah absolutely because that's how lots of people died mm-hmm. right? yeah so many yeah wrapping off the end of the rope or yeah just uh you miss something in your system mm-hmm. it gets complicated Totally. All the rope and all the slings, and you've got to transfer in and out and off and on. And mm-hmm. um, if you're in a remote location by yourself, it's magnifying these things, right? So absolutely, yeah. I would come all the way out here and climb by myself from Southern Ontario, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, those were some of my days where I had totally any 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 notable stories that you'd be willing to share. Yeah, I, I don't know if I had so much stories about that, but uh, I guess yeah, okay. Uh, passage to Valhalla, we free climbed it. Dustin free climbed it today for mm-hmm. the first time after like 
in excess of 20 years, almost 25 years now. Mm -hmm. um, and finally, the project was completed. So on the first ascent of that, we were going ground up. A beautiful crack, first pitch, bomber, hardly a, like not a piece of loose on the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Next pitch, yeah, straightforward aid, a couple bolts, right, go up the crack to the ledge. Next pitch is all sport. We can see from the ground. Mm -hmm. Okay, but we're gonna go ground up, mm -hmm. and we're gonna use uh, uh, microwave climbing stuff, bashies, mm -hmm. little peckers or ropes yep. or whatever to yep. sky hooks and stuff to go between the bolts. So bolt, aid, mover two, right? Getting mm -hmm. up high in the steps, mm -hmm. place another bolt, right? And so on. So I'm. Randy did the first two pitches, and now I'm going up on the third pitch placing the, the bolts and stuff as I go. Uh, everything's going good. The rock quality's beautiful. You know, I'm going up. It's it's straightforward. Sure, you're on like a rope or something, but you're directly above a bolt. Mm -hmm. totally. you know, so it's, it's you know, it's it's interesting. And, you know, at times it's scary. It might pop out, but really you're not in danger mm -hmm. of any kind. Really, you mm -hmm. know, you're going to fall down a meter. Yeah, you're basically <laughs> sport climbing. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. going to fall a meter. You're going to sit down on the rope, right? Like, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's not really like... Risky, mm -hmm. that part of it, right? Beautiful, clean rock. And I get the heart farther up, farther up. And uh, on the left-hand side now, it's starting to sound hollow, right? So I didn't want to put my pro in the what was hollow over here. So I'm like going more on the right where there's more like just little tiny pecans and burps mm -hmm. uh, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I'm going up there and going up there and placing bolts as I go, right? And the, the loose thing beside me is it's like a big kind of pillar, right? And I noticed like, it's like really big and tall, right? It like I tap it a little bit and it wiggles. Oh. So my rope is in the way. So the rope's gonna get cut. The mm -hmm. blayer's in the way. The blayer's gonna get killed. Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking rock like tons of rock. Mm -hmm. A big tower, like fridges on top of fridges, right? And uh I'm sitting on stacked ropes, right? Looking at my rope getting cut and my blayer getting killed and being stuck on the side of the cliff. Yikes. Right? And I was like, I'm going down immediately. Mm -hmm. Immediately. Right away. I was like, you're able to like down A back to the bullet. I just went down to the bullet and said, lower me, lower me, lower me. Yeah. Right? And so he's like, what? What's going on? What's going on? You get stung by a bee or <laughs> I forget what he said. Right? You know what I mean? Like, he's like, what? why? Why? Right? Yeah. You know, uh, I said, oh, that, that whole thing is loose. He's like, really? That whole thing? That giant thing? I said, yeah, I, I can't go up past there. Yeah. And so we went down. Mm -hmm. Um, that was around year 2000. So I come back in 2011 with Jody Burns. Mm -hmm. A long time has passed, right? Uh, I want to complete that route. I can't go ground up past it. So I go, I hike, I find a trail. We hike around to the top and uh, we go down, right? And I got my crowbar, a big long crowbar to try and get this giant tower rock off. You know, mm -hmm. I expect Jody and I would both be there, mm -hmm. like pumping on it to knock it off. I. I go down and I get to there and I put the bar behind it and the first push, the whole thing crashes down like so many tons of rock right wow. down, wiping out bolts and right down through the where the blade was and like wow, just I'm like shaking afterwards like just mm -hmm. like unbelievable and I'm like then that's when I said I I won't go ground up right gotcha. if there's if the if the danger of the loose rock is that's it's, when my yeah. I guess that's when my perspective changed now that I look at it right yeah and that's, that's the that's understandable. the closest near miss that I had right other yeah. than getting myself on the long side of the rope once mm. and noticing right in time gotcha dang yeah yeah i mean loose rock is is nothing to mess with that's for sure 
Yeah, in in first ascent climbing, I'd say it's your greatest risk. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, I've had some of those experiences as well, where you like even so you complete a ground up ascent, it goes totally well, and then you go back to do a bit of retro scrubbing, and all of a sudden, crazy stuff starts falling off. Yeah, yeah. Now I go with the big crowbar and the scrub brushes from the top, and yeah, and really work the climb clean. Yeah, and scrub the lichen on both sides and mm-hmm. back for a meter or two. And right. When you said that you uh, you promised your family you'd come home safe. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's got to be your commitment to your friends and family, no matter what, all the time, right? Or to yourself, right? Yeah. To come home safe at the end of the day, that's really what matters. You're doing it for fun. Yeah. You're doing it for fun. Totally. Yeah. It's yeah. all it's all recreational. It's not worth dying for. Yeah. Definitely. It's just for for pleasure. Really. Mm-hmm. Have uh, in in your time in climbing, like you've been looking at, like. 30, 35 ish years of climbing, something yeah, like that? Yeah, probably, yeah. I'm trying to think now. 1990? Yeah, yeah 32 years. 30, yeah. Um, has, has the gear evolved significantly in that period of time? Yeah, the gear keeps evolving. The, the basic premise and the gear that's available now isn't that significantly different than what we had available to us then. Mm-hmm. We had good camera devices and mm-hmm. good shoes. Yeah. And good ropes and those are the basics of of climbing really nowadays totally the rest the, what's changed is the fitness level of people true right so that's that's the biggest thing that i know these days beginner climbers are get into 512 quickly it seems like to me mm-hmm. right? and yeah climbed for a long time and i can't climb 512 right that's sure. hard i'm like wow how yeah. did you get there so fast <laughs> yeah <fair. laughs> Oh, I go four days a week. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can't go yeah. four days a week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my body will break down on me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that raises another good point. So you, you don't just climb. You've got other things going on in your life. You yeah, sure. You want to talk a little bit about your work? Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a, a wife, Heather, and two kids, Jackson and Sydney. And um, we live in St. Catharines. And mm-hmm. my wife and I own and operate a machine shop together. Cool. It's, uh, we're focused on making... Uh, cr- critical components for high-tech industries is what we sell ourselves as. Cool. So what, what's an example of like a staple product for you? Yeah, we make parts for all different industries. We're OSB certified. Um, in the past, we used to be medical device certified, so we make bone screws and dental implants. Nowadays, wow. we make some parts for planes and satellites, or we make parts regular nuts and bolts for industrial use or mm-hmm. um, special connectors for fiber optics, like a really wide range of stuff, parts for wind turbines. Wow. Yeah. And you mentioned that you made a little bit of climbing hardware at one point. Yeah, we did at one time. We were a supplier for Climtech, making parts for removable bolts. Cool. Yeah. Very neat. Must have felt cool to be able to, to produce some climbing gear. Yeah. You know, I called on a lot of climbing companies, right, to, to try to become a supplier, right. just like I would any other company. Hey, yeah. they have small metal parts in there. Totally. Hey, I'd see, like, I pick up my cam, I can see, like, 10 right in front of me that I think I could make. Totally. They, they must have suppliers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would call on them, but that was the one that I was successful right. with. Right, yeah. was the one that, that came through. Yeah. Interesting. You mentioned earlier, you know, like uh, we were talking about climbing out west and yeah. climbing the Alpine. Um, and you you had some thoughts on how that's it's a whole, whole other level of sketchy. You want to talk a little yeah, bit about that? Yeah, I wouldn't that? say sketchy. The, um, the risk level increases really fast. Uh, depending on the type of climbing that you do. So, you know, alpine rock is still just rock. Mm-hmm. True. You know what I mean? But when I say alpine climbing, I'm thinking like mixed ice, rock, and snow. 
mm-hmm. look full medium throughout the, the cliff. Totally. Yeah, the safety margin is just not high enough for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did a bunch and tried it and wanted to get into it. I was an ice and a rock climber and mm-hmm. traveled all around. Lived in the Rockies and Camor and Banff and, you know, explored the alpine climbing around there. Yeah. And I just decided the, the risk first reward for me or the, the the safety net. I guess I like good protection mm-hmm. when I climb. Um, and I still do. Totally. Um, I don't like to climb above poor protection, you know, if I can avoid it. Okay. Um, and the choice is mine to make. And, mm-hmm. and alpine climbing a lot of time that... The protection is not necessarily there for you and even sometimes not there between you and the rest of the people in your team right mm-hmm. like which is really severe in my opinion and i totally. was in those scenarios a few times and mm-hmm. it wasn't uh it, being it, was, it wasn't enjoyable to me right yeah, I, yeah. well the climbing isn't enjoyable the the lack of protection wasn't enjoyable mm-hmm. right i love climbing ice and rock and snow and i think it's fun i but mm-hmm. And some like a nice ice face is cool. I can get some screws in and we can just cruise up it. But then through the rock band and back onto ice and through there, there's not much pro and mm-hmm. right. Not solid blaze. And yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. Fair. Yeah. That's yeah. a whole, whole other level of risk. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Totally. Well, I mean, that speaks to, I mean, I think a lot of people have, you know, like younger, bolder times and other people, you know, maybe find a bit more of a sustainable, way to climb and then here you are you know 30 something years later still getting out here still putting up roots so obviously you found a way to to make it sustainable for you yeah for sure i I, you know given the right climb i think i would still go into certain alpine climbs Mm -hmm. but it would have to be the right like it would have to be a nice ice face or something that Mm -hmm. um, i feel good about or alpine rock you know bugaboos i'll go there totally yeah were you ever into like Difficult mixed climbing? Is that a thing that you... No, know? I've never enjoyed mixed climbing. No? No, it's just not for me. I just... Ice climbing, I like to have solid sticks. And mm-hmm. rock climbing, I like to feel the rock with my hands. And I don't know. I just... I can't figure figure it out well yeah. enough well enough to be proficient. <laughs> yeah, <that's fair. laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, yeah. No, I've never really been into it. Yeah. It's got a bit of a niche of a niche. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. But I have done some, and you have to do it in spots and, mm-hmm. uh, to climb the objectives you want to climb yeah and that on those occasions and you know if the climb's in moderate for me then mm-hmm. i'd be happy with it totally yeah that's cool do you have any uh any words of wisdom to the the climbing scene in tibet or to people getting into well, climbing these days yeah i think in in tibet that um there's so much rock around and the, the climbing population is fairly small, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lot bigger than when I was here, um, even though the population hasn't significantly changed mm-hmm. of the town, right? Not proportional to the climbers, totally. right? So that's pretty encouraging to see uh, because when we were here working and developing climbs, there, there were a lot less climbers and it was hard to build community and build up the stoke to get things done. And um, I think now you guys have a better opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. If, people work in a community-minded team effort way more as possible and that would be the only thing i could really say is is that if all the forces joined together um it would have a way greater impact than if it's all splintered right definitely i don't know i don't live in thunder bay anymore so i don't know what the climbing community is like here now Mm -hmm. eric tells me it's good and there's lots of climbers right Mm -hmm. and then people are working together which is which is nice to see and it'd be great if that'll continue and 
totally cool find a way to build up the town. Uh, it's a great resource around here for rock climbing. It's it's certainly the has the greatest volume of rock to climb in Ontario. That's for sure. Like, yeah, well, this has been like there's like just right in front of me where I'm sitting now. It's like walls in front of me, like in both directions as far as I can look. Right? Oh yeah, and like and no, so, nobody's yeah. here climbing. Like so much literally, of it's untouched. Literally nobody. Yeah. Right. The only people that came out this week were people we invited. Totally. It's it's August is prime climbing season. Even on the weekends, nobody's coming. Mm-hmm. Right? That's true. They came with Eric. Mm-hmm. And we didn't never saw anybody else. I noticed though in the register on the climbers register on mm-hmm. Fairch Highway mm-hmm. that there were some people like there some texts. yeah the one lady was from Germany and some people that were climbing and were driving from east to west or west to east yeah cool doing it um, it's not in the book as a sport climb in an Eric's guidebook mm-hmm. um, but I did publish a topo of it like a one page topo that has all the information how to get here what you need to go up what you need to get down yeah create the photo like you can't miss it driving down the road to totally. the cliff like it couldn't be it yeah. couldn't be more obvious right yeah it's a, yeah it's a striking line yeah yeah for sure and the, the cliff itself really stands out from the road and totally. once you have the picture of the, the line on the photo right like mm-hmm. it, it's pretty hard to miss so yeah i'm glad to see that people have been there and eric told me that of all the routes here in orient bay it's the one that gets the most action right so that route is um the first pitch is like the beginning it was like in a crack mm-hmm. and then it goes out onto the face right? mm-hmm. and uh, so i did the first pitch and then um i decided i wanted to make a sport climb that went all the way to the top right mm-hmm. and uh because at the bottom there's a little bit of trad pro mm-hmm. i decided i would retro bolt the bottom part right? okay so you only need draws cool to go up right because if i if there's 10 plus trad right at the ground mm-hmm. right and all of the, everything above it is like 11 minus sport climbing mm-hmm. the number of people who climb it out of 100 is going to be fairly low totally. if i if it's minus 11 minus sport climbing all the way to the top the number just like quadrupled totally. times 10 maybe yeah bet. right especially nowadays yeah right? absolutely it's a lot easier to have a rack of draws than a, a full yeah they can make models way less right the accessibility to um people's climbing style is is far greater right mm-hmm. so yeah i'm really happy about that That's awesome. that it came together and um Going against my personal ethic to pull the bolt beside the crack mm, fair. Is, a, is a hard choice to make. And I, I guess I justified it to myself. Um, I hope to encourage people to come out here and climb in this area. Totally. And it, it's working to some effect. Right? Yeah, that's awesome. And maybe with the work we did this week. Yeah. Yeah, another big lot, chunk of work. There's a lot more sport climbs here. Yeah. 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 Do you want to talk a little bit about the, some of the things that have already gone down this week? Yeah, what a what a week! You know, last year I came with Peter, um, and we started to clean up old projects and and do some first assist. And then I came back this year, and I said, "Well, Peter, like, who else do you know that might want to climb? Right? Like, we got a cabin. There's room for four to stay, and mm-hmm. we can go into reef rope teams, and we can get so much more done." Yeah, so Dustin decided to come with Peter and I, and yeah, we've been busy all week. Um, we usually have a morning objective and an afternoon objective. Uh, we come back to the cabin and we swim and have lunch and and sleep and then we get back up an hour or two later and go back and climb till it gets dark yeah this week's been been pretty cool we finally cleaned up some of the uh old projects that had needed uh first free ascent right Mm -hmm. a free ascent all the way without hanging on any bolts or draws or whatever it was right and yeah 
Dustin was able to uh, to send some of them this year, and Peter sent a bunch of them last year. So it, I mm-hmm. was really happy to see that come together because I always wanted to free climb the lines, and they're outside of my range, but I still want to put up the roots. Mm-hmm. There's a you know people are like why would you keep putting up roots that you you weren't able to do the free climbing part of because the route is still good. Totally. Uh, other people can climb it. I can follow it and hang on it or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. You know the the equipping the route and the and deciding where it goes and stuff is uh, is really enjoyable process for me, mm-hmm. and um, I get to share with my friends and uh, watch them free climb stuff. That's really cool. You know that I always dreamed would be free climbed. Um, the line like the landmark. Mm-hmm. Wow, it goes straight like all the way up, right through the roofs, totally. like, and it goes like twelve minus right. Yeah. And I thought it would be like a bolt ladder through the roofs right. and the fact that it goes free now as a, as a sport pitch is it's really incredible to me to see that happen after all these years yeah, yeah. that's awesome dustin did that one we uh today we did the pass to the the third pitch mm-hmm. and uh dustin free climb that and that's the longest standing open project here by far at orient bay totally yeah that one's that one's infamous yeah and it's done amazing right? yeah so great yeah. to be determined yeah, it's 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 pretty hard. Yeah, Dustin thought it was twelve plus or thirteen minus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, plenty hard. So much someone else that can climb in the, that grade range should go up and repeat it. Yeah. You can do Courage Highway and go into it. Sure. Right. Yeah. You don't have to do the twelve way crack at the beginning. Twelve sure. Courage Highway. They end at the same ledge. They go. both start at the same place. Yeah. At pitch two, right? Sure. So just climb up Courage Highway. You're warmed up. If you're a thirteen climber, then the eleven Bs should be good warm up for you. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. There you go, Thunder Bay. Go, uh, go snag the second ascent of the third pitch of Passage Valhalla. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything around here would benefit from more traffic. So. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's that's been my goal for a long time is to see more people enjoy the place that I enjoy so much. Mm-hmm. I just think they'll get a lot out of it, right? Totally. As climbers, because the rock is beautiful. Mm, yeah. The walls are really steep they and are. challenging, but the holds magically appear. That's what Peter said today. The holds are magically appearing on a zoo route, right? Mm-hmm. And I would have to agree with them. I've kind of felt that way all along about here. They like just as you're like cruxing out, you happen to find what you need to get through at, at your grade range for your project or whatever, and it, it's it's pretty special. I like it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wow. It's a special place. We can say it a million times. It's an incredibly special place. Yeah, and especially for for Ontario, and I know that it's so far removed from a lot of the population centers that it's almost not like being in Ontario, mm-hmm. right? It, you know. Totally. So it doesn't uh, necessarily register so much as a destination for people, but I think that I hope that more people will will see it as a as a great place to come. It's not just here at Orient Bay. There's like countless great cliffs throughout the area with different climbing styles of all different ranges. Mm-hmm. The settings are beautiful. They're remote places. You're not waiting in line on the, anywhere to get on a route. No. That's for sure. That <laughs> you know, for I, mean? sure. I, I haven't seen another climber here in the past like 10 years on any weekends i've been here unless they were just like i'd already arranged to meet them totally right like no one's ever walked past oh random climber person what are you guys getting on not once in the whole time that i've climbed here yeah right yeah it's hard to believe yeah considering the quality of the rock climbing and the development that's been put in that i've yet to see another climber here totally yeah hopefully hopefully that starts to change yeah 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 Yeah, that's for sure but That's what we've been saying. That's what we have been saying that for <laughs> years. It hasn't changed, but that's okay. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We'll uh, still keep putting up roots. We're going to put up new roots tomorrow. Amazing. 
Yeah. Well, maybe maybe with the the new book coming out next spring, that'll help nudge some folks in the the right direction. Yeah, I think so. We opened we opened quite a few pitches this week, and um, we're gonna you know we got the the bolts in where we need them now, and mm -hmm. tomorrow and Friday, yeah, we'll we'll work to red pilling all those pitches for sure. And I think with Peter and Dustin here and myself, we have a good chance Absolutely. to to send them all in the time they have left. And, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And then we'll we'll give the information to Eric so we can get in with that book for next year and come next spring and next summer. You know, I think people will see that there's a lot more to do there and it will become more of a focus destination for I would I don't want to say hard climbing, but there's there's no easy routes. Mm -hmm. There's no moderates. So yeah, I guess at non Olympus it's you know, there's one five eight, but mm -hmm. realistically the rest of the cliff is five eleven. Mm -hmm. or harder yeah it's pretty stiff yeah so if if you if you like climbing 511 harder they're awesome cliff you, you've got like a week's worth of routes there oh, right yeah. and that's just that one crag that was mm -hmm. it's only 100 meters from the road <laughs> like, yeah it's wild <laughs> yeah if it were to fall over it would hit it would yeah, be on top of the highway <laughs> it'd be on top of the highway yeah. yeah it's that close yeah and we don't even realize how spoiled we are here oh completely yeah yeah but no crowds no approach yeah that's incredible well, any anything else that you'd like to anything we haven't talked about or any other things we should hit? No, I can't think of anything specifically. Just that you know, I think that the, the climbing here is good, and Orient Bay in particular is a you know a special spot. And I think that Mount Olympus, on top of that, is really the the jewel of this little area. Like the rock quality is so good there. It's mm -hmm. close to the road. The setting is beautiful. Cliff is big and steep. There's Roots of different styles and types from sport and trad. They're, mm -hmm. You know, they're challenging and, and they're great, but they're really enjoyable and the protection is good. We worked hard to make sure that the we upgraded routes that had our ratings. Mm -hmm. You know, I bedded lots of bolts to lots of routes that I climbed through on. Nice. Right? Yeah, Went back good. and added bolts later that, you know, if I climb it again, I'm going to want it. Right? <laughs> yeah, so probably other people are going to want it. So yeah, I think that we'll keep doing that and adding new routes. And tomorrow we're going to do the same. We're going to climb a bit of the established routes and we'll climb, you know, some new routes and maybe we'll upgrade some routes too so that to make it more accessible for people. Awesome. And hopes that they'll come. There you go. Yeah. And maybe next summer when you're here, all of a sudden there'll just be a crowd. Yeah, for sure. I'll put the message out. <laughs> we'll have a party. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Thanks yeah. so much, Steve. Yeah, thanks for asking me, Mike. That's right, been great. Cheers. Well, there you have it. The stories and uh, just interesting life and times of a really nice guy, Steve Charlton. We all owe Steve a bunch of thanks for all the uh, fantastic development that he's done in the region over the years. And uh, also thanks to you if you're still listening. You've made it this far into the episode. Just a couple of few notes. One, if you've never heard of a RERP, it stands for Realized Ultimate Reality Piton. And it was invented in the late 60s, early 70s by Yvonne Chouinard and Tom Frost as a way of protecting tiny, tiny, tiny hairline cracks 
It basically is like the tiniest piton you could possibly imagine. I'm going to put an article in the show notes from Alpinist Magazine that talks about the, the creation of RURPS. Uh, also, another note, uh, Steve talks a bit about a crag at the start of the episode that has a rather unfortunate name. And I didn't have my wits about me in the moment to, to bring this up then, but I'd like to raise it now. And, uh, and moving forward in the, in the show, I definitely uh, intend to continue having this conversation and, and hopefully spark a bit of a conversation in the scene about you know, how names are important and what we call things matters. And in any event, uh, this crag from henceforth on the show will be known as Squall Bay. Uh, that's Squall with two L's. And I think you probably know which crag I'm talking about. Um, and I'm going to have that conversation in the next episode, that episode's already been recorded, with Brandon Pullen. Uh, in addition to the importance of, of names, uh, Brandon and I talk about all manner of interesting things, from climbing with Cedar Wright, to putting up first ascents in Thunder Bay with a drill connected to a motorcycle battery with a 30-foot extension cord, and basically everything in between. Brandon's the editor-in-chief of Grip Magazine. He's a Lakehead alumni, and just an all-around interesting and nice guy to chat with. So uh, you can look forward to that. And in the meantime, stay safe. Have fun out there. It's getting cold, but try and get the uh, last couple of sends in here in Rocktober. And we'll see you next time on Up North Rocks.